Okay, well, I'm going to talk about gifts today, and everybody likes gifts. Gifts are just one of those wonderful things. We're on a sermon series on the Holy Spirit, A Breath Away. And sometimes we think, hey, if this is a gift, what kind of catch is there? We got this new TV, and it came with something called Roku, which I'd never heard of before. And there's no channels on this thing. You just download apps, and they show up on this screen. And some of these apps show free things, and some of them cost money, and some of them are somewhere in between, and they're kind of tricky. And so you have to try to figure out which ones to download. And I'm always kind of suspicious somehow that uh, maybe there's a catch to one of these, or they're going to charge me for something or, or whatever. So when God gives us free gifts, and he does, we ask ourselves, so what's the catch to this? Uh, is there going to be something, a, a payment later that we have to make? But gifts are wonderful. Don't you love getting packages from Amazon? I know that I love to find a package on my stoop when I get home. It's really fun to see that. There's something I can open, and I can see what's coming. And what if I told you there's a whole warehouse full of gifts that is coming for you? And one of the worst things that can happen to us in life is we go all the way through life, from birth to death, and the gifts from God don't get opened. You've heard about scholarships that no one takes, and these would be gifts that nobody claims, and that would be a real shame. So we're going to look at the word gifts. Gifts are a real big part of the New Testament. God gives us gifts, and gifts are free. It's not something that we have earned. So we're going to go into the deep well here. We're going to look at the depth etymologies, where these words come from, the word gift. The word gift in Greek is charisma, charisma as in gifted. Charis, grace, grace, giftedness, all of those things. The Spanish word gracias comes from charisma. That's what you say when someone gives you something that you haven't earned. They give you something which is purely a gift. This church, the well, is a charismatic church. What does that mean? It means we believe that the gifts are for today. That the gifts are for today. That these gifts are things that we can receive from God today, not just Bible times. If miracles were done in Bible times, they can be done now. Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're part of three faith families here at the well that talk about the gifts, talk about the Holy Spirit, the Ark, the Alliance of Renewal Churches, the Foursquare faith family, and the Curcio family. So we lean into, not away from, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I've got a picture up here of the Trinity on the slides, and we believe in one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The, the church has traditionally taught that we believe in one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there are three gift lists in the New Testament, one from the Father, one from the Son, and one from the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Father you can find in Romans 12, and we're going to look at those in detail in just a minute. The gifts of the Son are in Ephesians 4. The gifts of the Spirit are in 1 Corinthians 12, kind of 13, and also 14. A couple things I want to say about spiritual gifts before we get started in depth. One is that these are not exhaustive lists. God can create a brand new spiritual gift tomorrow, for that matter. And it's not like there's a perfect flow chart here. Paul is just describing gifts as he's teaching. And he's describing the ones that people are dealing with when he is talking to them. The second thing I want to say is that the gifts cannot be bought. The gifts are free. There was a guy named Simon in the book of Acts who saw the apostles working in spiritual gifts. And Simon, what he did is he wanted to lay down money and buy the gifts. 
And he was condemned for that. He says, no, the gifts of God are free. That's the whole idea of a gift. You don't have to pay for it. God's gifts are abundant, not scarce. So if you're saying, oh, God probably just doesn't want to give me the gifts of compassion, why wouldn't he? God is lavish with the gifts. God is generous. God generates. God makes things happen. So let's look at the gifts of the Father. These are found in Romans 12, if you turn your Bibles there. And in Romans 12, there's a list of gifts of the Father. It says God gives these gifts. God the Father gives these gifts. And these are gifts that are more hardwired into our DNA. These are more natural gifts that we're sort of born with and that we can develop as we go along with God's help. Prophecy, service, teaching, encouragement, generosity, leadership, and cheerful mercy. Now, there's lots of nuances in how to uh, translate these from the Greek, but these are gifts that you're sort of wired with. Some people just naturally are cheerfully merciful with people. Some people are naturally good teachers. Some people are naturally good leaders. Some people just jump in to help. That's just how they are wired. And these are the gifts that God wires into our very minds, our souls, our DNA, and then we can bring them out. God the Father is also God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, and he creates us too. These are the creative. So we are now going to look at the gifts of Jesus from Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. These are also called the leadership gifts. In some churches, they're called the five-fold gifts, because there's five of them. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, pastors, and teachers. These are the gifts that every church needs operating so that a church can operate in balanced power and authority. People in leadership who take responsibility for the flock. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, pastors, and teachers. Now, really interesting in here that some people say that women shouldn't lead in churches. But if God wanted to prevent women leading in churches, this is the place he would have done it. And these are the, this is the main leadership passage in the Bible, and there's no mention of gender, of class, of race, of ethnicity, of age, any of those things. It's a matter of gifting, and when people are gifted, it's our obligation to use that gift. And if we come up with legalisms that keep that from happening, it can be a real problem. And also, you might notice here that Shepherd's Pastors is listed fourth. And somewhere along the way in history, we've sort of combined all of these gifts into a pastor gift, and uh, we've held that one-fourth gift up and sort of diminished the other four. Well, the truth is, this is supposed to be a team of people who operate in all of these gifts, and you might operate in one or two of them. Somebody else might operate in one or two or three of them. The gift of apostleship is the gift of getting things started, going from place to place and getting things started. Prophets are people who speak forth for God. They're not fortune tellers. They're forth speakers, not foretellers. They speak forth what God has to say in a specific situation. And prophecy sometimes has future implications. Evangelists, people good at including people in the congregation. Shepherds and pastors, people who take care of the flock and make sure that the flock is fed. And teachers, people who bring the word alive for the people. So you have the gifts of the Father, which are created gifts. We're sort of created with them and we develop them. The gifts of leadership, which are meant to be shared. It's real interesting that in the New Testament, there is no such thing as ordination. There's no such thing as clergy and lay people. And lay people can operate, all of us are lay people in a way, can operate in these gifts. Paul and Jesus 
were lay preachers, and they did really, really well. Jesus could have been in the priestly caste because his mother was a Levite. She was very closely related to Elizabeth, who was related to the guy who went into the Holy of Holies. So those are Levites. So he could have been a priest, but he was a lay preacher, as was Paul. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have the gifts of the Father, gifts of the Son, gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are more obviously supernatural gifts. Word of knowledge, receiving a message from God that we didn't learn with our natural senses, word of wisdom and insight into a situation which comes from God, special faith, that kind of faith that, uh, that moves mountains. Uh, having faith to get saved is, is fairly easy. Having faith to uh, face big challenges, now that's hard. Healing, miracles, wonders, deeds of power, prophecy, once again, speaking forth. Prophecy is in all three of these. And it's the one gift Paul says, make sure you go after this gift because speaking for God is really, really important that we bring God's word directly into the world around us. Discerning spirits, walking into a room and you sort of tell uh, when things are in a good, good way spiritually or sort of in an evil, dark way spiritually. And tongues and interpretation, which we're going to be talking about next week. Now, Later on in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul gives another list, and this is a generic God list, not Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. And he talks about apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healing, helps, government, kibernetikes, which uh, in Greek means bringing things to conclusion, getting things done. That's leadership, government, and tongues. So you get these four lists, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then a generic list, and these are not lists which are totally exhaustive. God can give you a brand new spiritual gift today. It's all a matter of receptivity. Next week, we're going to look at what we call the woo-woo gifts. And uh, the reason we're going to spend the whole week on them is because they are the most easily misunderstood. Prophecy, speaking for God. Who does he think he is speaking for God? Do you have a direct pipeline to God? One of those kind of things. Uh, tongues and interpretation. This is one which a lot of North Americans say they hope God never blesses them with because it seems irrational. Healing, and that's a, a, scary, a scary gift to operate in because we've all seen that overdone with televangelists and everything else. And uh, where is a legitimate gift of healing used? So we'll be talking about those next week, and next week we're going to have all these technical problems all figured out. So we move on here. This is Dilbert, and uh, this is a job review. And those of you who have been through job reviews, it is no fun for the person giving it or the person receiving it. Performance review. Yeah, there you sit. And there's a whole, there's a printed piece of paper they give you, and you haven't seen it before. And what do you look for on the list? The negative stuff. The negative stuff jumps out, and the positive stuff we just sort of skateboard over. And that negative stuff can really sting us. And we can walk away from a job review thinking, oh, the boss doesn't like me. My supervisor doesn't like me. Uh, there's, there's complaints about what I'm doing. I'm not showing up on time. I'm not uh, following through on things. Whatever it happens to be. I'm not making my sales quota, whatever it is. And we tend to focus on those things, and that's a big mistake. When it comes to individuals, we need to focus on our strengths and operate in our strengths. Sure, we need to keep our weaknesses from killing us, from biting us in the butt, but we really need to put our energy into our giftings. I heard it said once by a management expert, individuals need to work on their 
strengths and groups need to work on the organization's weaknesses and filling them in with people with gifts in those areas. So individuals, focus on your strengths. Don't get all caught up in your shortcomings. And it's so easy to spend your whole life thinking about your shortcomings and not thinking about those things that you do well and developing those gifts for the glory of God and for your own joy. There's nothing like the joy we feel when we're operating in our gifts. So individuals, focus on your gifts. Groups, focus on the organization's weaknesses and try to find people with gifts to fill that up. Here's some practicalities. Know the lists. Go into Romans 12, look for the list, go through it. Be familiar with the words. Go to 1 Corinthians 12, both lists in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14 too, if you want to look at that. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, look at these gifts and become familiar with them. One of the best ways we can discern our gifts is to ask other people, ask other believers, and this sounds like an ego kind of question, but how do you think I'm gifted? How do you think my gifts show? What am I best at? And how can I develop that? Sometimes the people we share our lives with are better at seeing our gifts than we are. And we're often surprised when they tell us what gifts we have that we didn't even know we were operating in. Spiritual gifts are a wonderful thing, and it's a great joy to develop them. And my prayer for you is that we would all develop those strengths that God put into us because he put, it, put those gifts there for a reason to help the whole world and to help the church and to, to help move his creation forward. And he does it through us and through our gifts. Seek to prophesy. Uh, Paul says this. There's a lot of gifts, he says, but seek to prophesy because we're in the presence of a God who speaks, and he speaks through people. Most of the Bible is not God speaking out of a cloud. It's God speaking to a person and that person writing it down prophetically, speaking forth God's truth. And we all need God's word in these situations, not just his written word, his spoken word, his spoken word into situations. Honesty. Be honest about fear. Sometimes we're afraid to operate in certain gifts because they seem too strange or too supernatural or too bizarre or too whatever. And we sometimes think that, oh, I don't really want to operate in prophecy or leadership. Oh, I don't want to be in leadership. Leaders get, oh, it's tough. Or compassion. If, if I have compassion, then I'm going to have to help people all the time. Or, or if I have a gift of service, I'm always going to be you know, cleaning up after people or whatever. Try to identify your fears. Because the enemy will often give us fears to keep us from operating in our gifts. So ask other people, how am I gifted? Identify your fears and work that through with the Lord. And one of the keys there is just to be receptive. It's all about receptivity. Webster calls receptivity, the dictionary, open and responsive to ideas, impressions, or suggestions. And you can tell how young a person is spiritually by how receptive they are. I don't think it has anything to do with calendar age. There's a lot of young people who have stopped being receptive, who think they know everything, and there's a lot of old people who are very receptive and open to new and fresh ideas. And we have to overcome fear sometimes to do that. A lot of us during this pandemic are thinking, hey, uh, a lot of the things we were doing weren't working. Maybe I can be open and receptive to a new way of doing things when this pandemic clears out, and it is going to. I'm going to close here with Matthew 10, verse 8. 
Jesus calls us to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, so freely you must give. The idea of spiritual gifts is receiving them so that we can give out of our gifts, that we can contribute with our gifts. So I would love to pray with you if I could. And I'm going to invite Tamara to come up and uh, close the service for us. Let's pray. Lord, uh, you have hardwired some beautiful gifts into people who are listening right now. People who may not be aware of those gifts. I just praise, praise you, Lord, for, for making us gifted people. I don't think that some people are gifted and some people aren't. Everyone is gifted. And you've crafted us for a purpose. And I pray, Lord, that uh, we could say to ourselves when we look at ourselves in the mirror, I am gifted and I am seeking earnestly after those gifts so I can operate in those gifts. Lord, we come against the enemy who continues to have us focus on our weaknesses and our shortcomings. And uh, sometimes we spend 80% of our time worried about those things that are wrong with us rather than developing those things that are right with us. So, Lord, we just pray that, uh, that you would bless our endeavor, our journey to figure out these gifts. Those gifts that are wired into us, Lord, and perhaps those leadership gifts, and certainly some of the more supernatural gifts too, Lord. We pray, Lord, that we would flow in the gifts in that charisma, and Lord, that we would shine as uh, Jen was singing, that we would shine like you, and we just pray all this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Tamara, you're up. Thank you, House, for that word. Um, I think with spiritual gifts that it's a little bit tougher for us to wrap our heads around. And a lot of us think that with spiritual gifts, we have to be in this fully spiritual place that we have to be the perfect Christian. And I'm going to tell you, that is a lie from the enemy. Um, as a little kid, you guys, I told you last week, I was not brought up in the church. I knew a little bit about God. I little, knew a little bit about who Jesus was. And I knew nothing about the Holy Spirit. But as a child... I constantly had dreams and visions. I knew things um, were going to happen before they happened. And, um, you know, because I was open to everything possible. And this ru actually runs in my family. My niece and her daughter, who is going to be six in just a couple of weeks, experienced the same thing. The only difference is they were brought up in the church, and they knew what was going on. As a matter of fact, my my little great-niece, who's going to be six here in a week or so, um, has been having horrible nightmares, and we knew it was spiritual warfare, and we talked to her about it, and she's got the same gift. She's got that discerning spirit. She has the dreams. She has the visions. But thankfully, we can talk to her about it, and she's learning to understand it, even at such a little age. And she knows she has the power to say, if it's a spiritual attack, no. I only listen to Jesus. And we've been able to anoint her and pray over her and stop the nightmares, for one. But she still is able to have that spiritual vision and seeing good and evil, um, knowing the difference, and... Um, learning about it. And so anyone can have a spiritual gift. And it's just, as House said, being open and being receptive to what God has for us. 
And I'm going to tell you about, oh gosh, that's probably over 10 years, probably 15 years ago. Um, God was giving me these visions and some prophet, prophetic words, and they were kind of frightening. And as I started to um, pray about them and he was starting to reveal them to me, I was starting to tell people. And I didn't get quite the reaction that I'd hope I'd get. And so I told God to stop giving them to me. And he did. He listened. And for six months, I didn't have a dream. I didn't have a vision. And God pr pretty much completely stopped um, talking to me because I was no longer receptive. And so it took me about six months. And then I cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, I haven't felt you. I haven't heard you. Why? And he goes, because you told me to stop. So I did. Oops. Um, I apologized and I prayed and asked for forgiveness and automatically he started talking to me and started giving me the dreams and the visions again. Um, it can be scary at first, but when you start really diving deep into the spiritual gifts, uh, just ask God to reveal himself to you in them and he will, and he will protect you and he will guide you through them. And so, um, I just want you this week to start really asking God to reveal himself to you and to ask him what spiritual gifts that he wants to develop in you because he will develop spiritual gifts in you if you ask him. And so um, do that this week. And um, we're hoping that, you know, at one day it's hard to transition from a ministry time into announcements, but that's what I'm doing. So we're still... Um, we're just waiting on listening to God. We're waiting and listening to our government as well to open up the church. We want to make it safe for you and for us. And, um, you know, the Lord says in Isaiah 60, 22, when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. And I don't think it'll be a day sooner or a day late. I think the exact day we are supposed to open, we will know it and we will do it. And we will all be safe. We'll be able to worship freely. Um, together again, we'll be able to give each other hugs and high fives and to be able to um, do all the things we love to do together. And so continue to um, pray for the church, all the churches, not just ours, but for the church. Pray for our government and pr just pray that um, the Lord shows us when the right time it is to to open. So we still, we'd love to have your tithes and offerings coming in. Now there is one thing that I don't have on my list. We have that. You can send your checks into the well at Surf City. We have our website, uh, so you can give online to divedeeptogether.com. You can um, also uh, go to our Faith Life app and give online. You can text. So text the number 714-694-2787. And then put in the message, put give, and then like, 50 and so that we know that it'll be $50 or 10 $10 or 100 or a thousand you know whatever you want to give whatever the Lord's leading you to give and um, we now have PayPal and so I actually don't have the address written down is that your what's the address for PayPal how do they find it I just learned about it this morning we're gonna put it on Facebook so I don't have to tell you. But we also, um, so we'll make sure that all that information is on Facebook as well. And I'll have the slide up, updated next week. So I'll have the PayPal information. But we just literally set it up last night.
So we're really excited so that um, if you're not, especially if you're not in the United States, you can PayPal us now. So we're really, really excited. Another thing we're doing, one of our ministries here at um, The Well is Marina High School Kids. Now, you would think in Huntington Beach, California, at Marina High School, we would not have kids that are living um, at or below the poverty level, but we do. We have kids that are living in shelters. We have kids that are living in their cars. We have kids that, you know, they get breakfast and lunch at school, and that's it. And so we teamed up when we were meeting at Marina High School. We met with um, Jody, who is their student serv services director, and she's the school counselor as well. And um, when I started talking to her and finding out about these kids who are working so hard to get a good education and to be able to go to college so they can help lift their families out of poverty, um, it broke my heart because I thought, who would have thought in Huntington Beach um, when we're so close to Huntington Harbor and um, very well off neighborhoods that we would have kids that didn't have a meal, that couldn't buy shoes or school clothes or school supplies. And so right now with school being closed, um, they need our help more than, than ever. And so we're asking on top of your ties to donate to this fund. Um, so you can send a check to 2721 Delaware Street, Huntington Beach, make it out to the well at Surf City. And in the memo line, you're going to put Marina High School Kids. And so we can help them right now is mainly with food. Jody says she is in contact with kids every single day, even though they're not at school. And she has nothing. She says she has no money, nothing to give them. And she says, I'm trying to help them find um, food and I'm trying to help them find services. But she goes, it's really difficult. We hear about the elderly. We hear about the little kids, but it's the high school kids that sometimes get left out. And so please, um, if you can, if everyone watching donated $10, we could really help these kids. So please um, send in your donations. Thanks for that. Um, please join us for our prayer focus for May. We're praying that um, businesses and people are restored. We're praying for provision. Um, we're basically praying for protection for our healthcare workers. And um, well, we have that on the Facebook page. So please join us in that focus prayer. Um, we do believe that if we all pray together, God's going to answer our prayers. And so please pray for that. And especially pray for our president, our governor, and all those in charge of making decisions um, not only for the United States, but for our California, for Orange County, um, we want to uh, make sure we're lifting them up. I do not, um, I would not even think of wanting their job right now because it would be the most difficult thing to do. So we really need to be lifting them up in prayer. Also join us for our Bible reading. We have, um, I've already listed it on Facebook. I already saw it posted up. So today is First Peter 5. Um, so go ahead and read that and then um, watch House's videos on top of that. It's not too late to join Alpha. If you've got questions about faith, if you've got questions about God, Holy Spirit, Jesus, this is a place for you to join in the comments or you can direct message House. Um, put on there that you would like to know more about Alpha and he will reach out to you. It's Wednesdays at 6.30 and we would love for you to join us. It's never too late to learn. So please come and join us. I think that's it for me. 
We are um, so glad that you have joined us today. We hope that you have a blessed week. We are praying for you, and um, we love having you join us. Continue to check back on our Facebook page um, to get updates and to join us in different in our Bible readings and our prayers and all that. So um, have a great week, everybody, and we will see you next Sunday. Bye-bye.